To more than a game podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Premier League, A League, and more. Today on the show, dire consequences for Eric and Spurs in the FA Cup. The race for the Champions League spots in the Premier League is heating up, and goals galore in the A League this weekend. I'm Damon, and today I've come off the bench to slot right into hosting the show. I'm joined by Pod Ever Present Tommy C, and our special guest making his first appearance on the Pod Ellie. How are you guys? I'm good. Tom, Tommy, well. a little bit hungover from last night? Just a tiny little bit. <laughs> um, I guess we'll go straight to you, Ellie. Uh, most of our listeners probably know who you are, but the first thing we ask all of our guests on the pod is, how did you get into football? How did I get into football? Yep. In general, oh, okay. I think I've told this story so many times, uh, but uh, essentially, just quickly, um, it was 2002 World Cup. It was on at the right time. I was 12 years old and it was just like, it was on at 4 p.m. after school. Um, a couple of the mates who I didn't understand why they liked this stupid game with the, <laughs> with the round ball as a boy from Melbourne I just didn't understand why you, you wouldn't like anything but AFL they they just insisted on it they were, they, they wore the cool clothes I was like well they, they are cool but they like the uncool sport I went home and I'll give one one of these games a go it was um, I think it was Senegal France and from it just built and built you know Denmark Uruguay and England Slovenia all these random countries I never heard of and then it kind of culminated with England, Brazil, Ronaldinho scoring that goal, me realising how big and amazing the world is and how I can learn about the whole world through this game. And then I never looked back and now I, I've done, now I've, yeah, my life yeah, is... You've been everywhere because yeah, of football. Yeah, my life revolves around it, yeah. Yeah. It's really curious because a lot of people get into football through their family, but like, no, it no, sounds like you don't really come from like why, a football family, no, right? No, I come from, uh, I think we've got uh, more than 150 years of Richmond Tigers members <laughs> in my family. I'm not even joking. Um, so I'm from a very AFL family. Yeah. And I just... Um, now you despise it. I despise the organisation <laughs> and parts of the culture. I, I, I like the sport and I appreciate its history, but I've got a lot of problems with it, as you constantly hear about. Yep. Um, but uh, essentially, uh, no, that's that's what I, I think my unique angle on all of this. I don't have a club. I don't really care for clubs. I like Well, fans. that was going to be my follow-up question was, and I knew this question yeah, would stump you, is who do you support? Support the Socceroos. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a good answer. I'll take that. Till I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, another question: you've, you've obviously been involved in a lot of football-related podcast uh, productions and broadcasts before. How does the uh, More Than Game Studio setup compare <laughs> to some this of is, the places? This is elite. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> this is beautiful. Uh, uh, easy. We with the lift. I got a concierge, an entourage up up the lift. Had a wave amazing. From the yeah, as yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> Ice cold water. It's beautiful. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Well, we'll jump right into our moment of the week. Um, Tommy, what stood out for you this week in the world of football? Alrighty, uh, so last week, my moment of the week was um, uh, the goalkeeper who came up and scored a goal, uh, scored the Mexico? winner in Mexico, yep, yeah. and this week I've got another another goalkeeping uh, moment, it's, this one's not from Mexico, it's from Germany this time, uh, and it was in the German Cup, 
uh, Saarbrücken. Yeah. Um, the Saarbrücken goalkeeper, Daniel Batts, he's, he saved uh, five penalties in a game. Wow. Uh, one of those in normal time and then four in the shootout to make himself the hero. So, yeah, it's pretty hard to go past that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Ellie, have you got so, a... Who do they beat? Uh, Dusseldorf. Fortuna Dusseldorf. That's unbelievable. Um, I'm pretty sure Saarbrücken yeah, are in the, the second is, division. Yeah, and they're in the semifinals now, actually. Yep. You might go out and do that. Um, uh, my my uh, moment of the week, I'm going to flip it on you, actually. Oh. Ronaldinho getting arrested oh. <laughs> in Paraguay for a fake passport. This because is it, wild, this whole story. The, it is the dumbest story. I mean... Life's a parody these days anyway with politics and everything else going on. But you know about this? The, yeah. The fact that he even... The, the, I say the, the crazy situation is the fact that he can't... He couldn't go to Paraguay because his Brazilian passport had been confiscated because he had built an illegal uh, an illegal sugar mill with a connected pier and a... And so, what? <laughs> it just what doesn't make Did you not make enough money at Barca, AC Milan, Fluminense... Quinteros, he he played for he he did such a big like farewell tour, plus all the everything else he makes money off, all the other sponsorships. I think he's still a Barcelona uh, ambassador. Yeah, probably a UN ambassador as well. Something's not right with him, man. I I I genuinely think we got another Maradona on our hands. He's the guy who converted me to football. Mm. But you look at him, you look at in his eyes, you can see it in his eyes. He's so sad. Yeah, that thing that made him so happy has been taken away from him. I don't know, man. You see a lot of people that, um, I guess, ride the ride the wave of fame of football and yeah. then struggle to deal with that sort of post uh, post football, post, yeah. post and he being just a got professional caught, athlete. Too, too caught up in it, didn't he? Yeah. But why is he building sugar mills? <laughs> sugar mills, You're guys. You're trying to make like, a buck, mate. <laughs> um, well, I'll go. My, my moment of the week this week was um, actually about... Uh, a tactical thing I picked up on in a few different games. So, Is, is this overlapping centre-backs part two? Uh, no, I do talk <laughs> about the overlapping centre-backs very often though, but we'll go. It was after Simeone set up for Atleti against Liverpool it, using a 6-3-1 formation um, when Liverpool lost 1-0. Is that four centre-backs? Their next two games against Watford and Chelsea that they lost, Watford and Chelsea played exactly the same formation and exactly the same style. So it's like they found... <laughs> A way to not let Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool score goals, and uh, was it actually six three one? Six three one. Who were the six Atleti defenders? I can't name them, but they played four centre backs and two full backs. Four centre backs and two full backs, and they were overlapping. I guess I, I don't know how it worked. Probably I didn't look that far overlap. into it, <laughs> but I think it was more just clog it up, and they won't be able to score goals. And it clearly worked. I just thought that was really interesting. That it, yeah. Um, Mourinho, uh, I think, would be just thinking, why yeah. don't I think of that? <laughs> yeah. He's taking notes as we speak, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, we'll, we'll move on to our own goal of the week. Uh, Tommy, have you got an own goal this week? Of course I do. Um, this time it's the Juve chairman, I think it's uh, Agnelli, um, who also happens to have a pretty prominent role in uh, UEFA yeah. and sort of the whole sort of... The ECA, uh, the, like the, 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 the European Clubs Association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So... Um, this week he came out and was, I, I don't know what the context of the rest of the interview was, but he was basically saying that teams like Atalanta, they don't deserve to be in the Champions League. And, and you can see what this is. This is framing that argument that the teams shouldn't have to qualify if they're big enough for the for the Champions, Champions so League. I, I, I looked into this. His actual was not that they don't deserve to be in it, but they don't deserve to be in it after one season. His belief is that you, you need a kind of catalogue of history to be in this competition. So maybe you need a few years, you need a 
win a couple of seasons in a row. It's yeah. just as preposterous. It's just as contemptuous and disgusting and disgraceful from another bi- another member of a big European football club. But he, he, the actual words were, um, it's ridiculous they have one good... S- not, I'm not sure if he said ridiculous, but he said they, they shouldn't be able to get in with one good season and Milan have contributed so much to this competition and they can't even get close. Mm. And it's like, that is absolutely ridiculous on so many levels because you're basically trying to make a closed league then anyway because if you if no one can ever have the ambitions to get there, if you need to have 10 years of history in the competition, well, how do you get 10 years of history in the competition in the first place? You have to be in there. So you're saying, listen, you need to contribute a bit more to the Champions League before you can be in the Champions League. Well, if I can't be in the Champions League by qualifying for the Champions League, then how am I going to get in the first place? It's chicken or it the reminds Uruguay, me of Rokobo. Remember with Uruguay, Australia? Yeah, yeah. Ahead of the game, he said... Um, the they divine don't, right. He, yeah, he said, we have a divine right. He didn't mean Australia don't deserve to be there, but his argument was we have contributed so much and let's be honest Uruguay a country the size of New Zealand smaller arguably has won two of the tournaments hosted the tournament contributed so much and they are the biggest underdogs in incredible dark horses in football but smaller than Melbourne in terms of population oh my gosh that's crazy yeah <laughs> okay exactly Can you put it that way yeah, yeah. credit okay maybe the, yeah put them in no I'm joking <laughs> but what I'm what I'm saying is like I understand that and theoretically you've got some points but at the end of the day if everyone you have to if you have to qualify for a tournament then it's got to be the same rules for everyone it doesn't make any other sense the only exception i think is the champion should always get to play over because you've won it so you get to you get to hold that role perhaps the host as well besides that it it, no one no one has the right for champions league and this is again why i'm falling out of love with the champions league because it's the, the it's becoming the Euro, like a super cup anyway, yeah yeah it? and or it's the entitlement league, it's yeah. the entitlement that like we deserve to be in here this is the real competition i i even say this about like leagues i can't stand when people laugh at people who support smaller clubs or look down at smaller clubs when you don't realize without those clubs you don't have a league in the first place you don't you, you don't have you teams don't, to beat yeah you don't have teams to beat or teams to ch- like if you just want six teams then I mean, I'm all for the Super League because it'll it'll filter out all the deadbeats and the dickheads who follow sport for like this weird prestige and hype. For the glamour, for the glamour. Yeah. It's not even glam. It won't be glamorous then. I I would love nothing more than all those top teams to have their own league and then the national leagues become competitive every year. Yeah, it's Villa versus Everton for the title, and it's and and. The atmospheres come back, or the tourists go to one game, and we all fall, fall in love with the way that we love football in the first place. That, for me, would be brilliant. Make Perfect. Better, well so put. <laughs> um, your own goal segment. So, yeah, no, my, my <laughs> own goal this week. <laughs> You're going to find out very passionate <laughs> about this stuff. So, Just yeah. rant number Man, one from Ellie. That's why we've got you here. <laughs> um, my own goal this week comes from the Highland Football League in Scotland. I don't know if you've seen this, Ellie, but... Um, or Tommy, but this, I, no. I know this will really tickle Ellie. It's uh, there's a a club called Fort William FC who, ironically, last year got the title of being the worst team in British football by finishing the league on negative seven points for the season. But that's Harsh. besides the point. <laughs> the the point is that they put out a tweet midweek saying that um, because of the unacceptable behaviour of their ultras group named the Yellow Order, they decided to ban the group from all home games for the rest of the season. And yeah, it, from home games. But it was the president that put out the uh, the tweet, and he took a little jab at the the yellow water the by yellow saying water. they will be able to gain entry individually if accompanied by an adult. Oh, wow! So this is a bunch of like twelve and thirteen year olds that are just trying to support their local team that have now been banned and they can't come into the ground. Do we know what they did? Oh. It, 
they, they said it was ongoing incidents throughout the season. Oh, get so yeah. I have no idea. They probably lit a few flares. Mate, and if you're in that, what is it? The Scottish lower leagues, definitely. Scottish Highland Football League. Oh, yeah, you should you should appreciate every fan you've got. Exactly, and you're banning a bunch of kids that are supporting their local club. They're not supporting Celtic or Rangers. Yeah. They're coming to local football, and you're not letting them come. No, oh, well, well, let's see how long that club survives without the, the young, passionate fans. That's, that's funny. Anyway, <laughs> well, um. We'll move on. We've we've got a, a few questions this week from some listeners, um, and for Ellie, right? Not well, I guess mainly <laughs> <me>. probably. <laughs> um, had they had the who who had they know I was on the show? Oh, but we put a tweet out this morning saying that you were coming on, and so we've obviously oh, got no. some listeners that <laughs> wanted to ask you a few questions, which. Of course, most of our listeners know who you are. And <laughs> how did they? When did I tell you I'd even be on the show? It wasn't the last minute in the first. <laughs> on, on like Friday, so. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's probably a question you've been asked a million times and you've answered a million times. But you've been in and around some of the biggest games in the footballing world. Um, but we've had a few people ask us what your favourite derby you've been to is, or the best atmosphere you've ever been at a, ever seen at a football game. Oh, that's a good answer. That, that's a good question. Sorry, because usually you get what's the best derby, and you're like, what's a, what is best. what's a best derby? Is so some people it's the on the pitch, some people it's off the pitch, some people it's not in the stadium, you know, it's wherever. So that's good. So what was it? it was best atmosphere? Your favorite derby you've been to, yeah, and the okay. best atmosphere you've seen at a football ground. Best atmosphere. Oh, even that again is subjective. Best. So well, I'll, I'll, your go, yeah, I'll go favorite. The time that oh man, <laughs> you're rattling he's, through yeah, them all yeah. in your own. He's wrapping his brain through yeah. about the million like, derbies the, the, he's been yeah, to across the, one, the world. The you one, the one this was going to be relaxing, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> the one that always gets to me that I always say to people like was like everything I love about football was um Brazil Chile round of sixteen two thousand fourteen World Cup Minas Gerais um Belo Horizonte uh it was Brazil round of sixteen? Like I said, this is obviously we all, now we're looking back at it. We all know about seven one, but this is the round of sixteen. Everyone has to, you have to understand. Brazil didn't think they were going to win; they had to win. It was part of their country's history. It was written in the stars. We fucked it in nineteen fifty at the Maracanazo, at the Maracana with the Maracanazo. This is our this is our right. We we have to have this. They'd won the Confederations Cup. They weren't playing the best football, but they kept getting the right results. We have to do this. I was lucky enough to get a ticket. Ten of my best mates were there as well with me. I was shooting with the Copanani. The sun was like, it was this golden sun. It was, it was perfect weather. It was against Chile. Brazil went up, but Chile equalized, surprisingly. It went to extra time. And this feeling of like, I can't explain it. Like, I'll never forget my boss. As the, you know how you got photographers who, who are on the sidelines? And, you know, the bigger the game, the more photographers the photographers came out and it was like a like a one of those clown car things. <laughs> was, uh, well, I'm not exaggerating when I say there was more than 200 photographers. Gee, they had to put nice. them all in this rope and carry them. And I've never seen it. My boss just turns to me. My boss isn't like me. He loves footy. He's a Blackburn fan. But he's not like a hardcore. But he just turns to me and he goes like, we really are at the center of the world right now, aren't we? And I was like, yeah. Like, you just felt it. And like, they live, like, every action was lived because it was like, they, they weren't even enjoying that World Cup. It was like, just get to the final and win it. Just, just do what we need. It was really anxious. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't. It? it wasn't fun that game. It was like this. It, anyway, it goes to extra time. I'd say about 110 minutes in, I never get turned to this man, and he was just crying. And I'd spoken to him earlier, and so I turned to him, and he spoke English. And I, what's wrong? Like you, it's one-one. It's fine. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. He's like, there can't even be a possibility of us losing. We have to win this World Cup. Mm. We can't be kicked. It it's can't happen. 
And I was like, that's when I started like looking around and, and people like shielding their kids. Not like they, people weren't enjoying it. So then in the, the famous moment in the 120th minute, I'm not sure if you guys have seen this, Google this if you can't. I can't remember the player, but it was going to pens. Both teams just were like, fuck it, we'll go 50-50. And this Chilean player with his back to goal, 30 yards out, puts, taps it in front of him and fucking hits it. 35 yards out, screaming like that knuckleball style. Mm. Beats Cesar and it just smacks the crossbar. This stadium, 60, 70,000 full. The whole was like this. It was like this. It giant, <gasps> like just not. Like not life not, had been not, sucked yeah, out. No of one them. saw that coming. We we're going to penalties. And, then, and I just remember being like, I, I can't deal with this. Like, and I'm not even going for a team. Goes to penalties. Uh, Brazil saved two. And then I'll never forget it comes down to the final kick. Brazil get one save. Chile have the final kick. I think, or basically there was this Chilean kick that if it goes in, if they miss, Brazil go through. Mm. And he hits it and it hits the crossbar, not the crossbar, the post, and then it spirals. We were in line when I was with my best mates. The sun was golden hour, five o'clock. <laughs> the sun was hitting us. It was glorious. We had our beer and da, da, da. It hits the post. And because we were like in line with the post, we could see it. And it spiraled. And it looked like it was, you know, that Timmy Cahill goal with Japan was going to go in. Yep. But it spiraled out and went out. And that meant Brazil were going through. Or Brazil had basically just had to, basically just meant scenes. And I, you know, those <laughs> moments that are in slow motion and just the beers are going up, you're hugging your best mate in this golden hour sun. Everyone's crying. It meant there was going to be more parties that night because the second Brazil lost, we, we knew the parties were going to stop. Or the proper parties anyway. And just, it was just that moment of like, we live again. And like this moment of like really realizing what it's like to be in a country where the World Cup truly means it, 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 it has a, f a meaning that is far beyond any cliche of sport like this affects our national psyche and we and it was like particularly for the brazilians i yeah, think as well yeah, because yeah a lot of that world cup yeah that world cup yeah. particularly that world cup yeah. and that's why i'm like um there's just something there was just something about that and like i said it was slow motion i remember the beer coming down on me and i did like it was like a shower i just didn't <laughs> we're all bouncing just grabbing it was like slow motion so that's my best atmosphere so I can't give short answers to such yeah. serious, serious <laughs> questions. And then favorite derby. Very loaded questions. Yeah, favorite derby. Well, you got to justify them. Hey, I can't stand like short answers. Like, oh yeah, this one. Favorite derby. <laughs> uh, How do you pick? I'd pick Madrid derby, just because it was just ridiculous. Like the story of Atletico Madrid, their failure to Real Madrid. There is no story like it. Two teams who have such different characters, and then they were meant to have had their last derby in the Calderon, but they drew each other in the Champions League. The tournament where Real Madrid had won. 10 and Atletico had won none. Now you made a video on this, didn't you? With yeah, Copper? yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we'll, we'll link that uh, video that Ellie made yeah. on our Twitter. But it was the fact that Atletico won, but they lost because they had lost on aggregate. But the the year before that, they'd been knocked out in to win their first one on penalties by Real Madrid, who won their 11th. And then, yeah, so sorry, yeah, and then the year before that, or two years before that, was the one where they would have won their first. They were up 1 0 in the 95th. Their, their big brothers were going to win their 10th, the first team to ever be 10. All you had to do. Like you were in the 95th minute. Like, it, I, I do not so know a Ramos, more... Ramos header yeah, was the equaliser? I, I can't even look at it. It's one of the most horrific moments I've ever seen in football. I've never seen anything so disgusting in my life. Mm. It's like a... I said it's like a big brother's got like an entire cake and this one kid's about to get a slice and he smashes <laughs> his hand. I mean, I, I don't... It's a great anecdote. It, it's uh, it, it's you, like... You couldn't have made that, that <laughs> comparison without uh, referring to them as brothers. Like yeah. From the same oh, yeah. They're definitely... They're both, they're both very from this city. It's not like a United thing where Madrid fans aren't really from Madrid. But there are fans from both places. Mm. But just the fact that 
the one thing Madrid couldn't do was win that European Cup for what, a couple of decades, wasn't it? It was yep. 13 years, 10 years 2002 yeah, yeah. to 2014 to 12 years. But they really won that 10th. And you were the barrier from them getting the 10th. You were the last line of defence. And only, not only that, you winning it meant you won your first. Mm. And you had only ever made one final before, 40 years earlier, where you were up in the 90th minute and you led in a goal and lost that one. And now you're back. It's taken 40 years, coached by your legend, in Lisbon, just it's the 95th minute, like just do this and everything's going to be okay. And you lost it <laughs> in the 95th to their captain scumbag. And then they went on and won three more. You've gone, not even come really for the most part close since, except for the time you made the final and lost to them again on pens. <laughs> so now you're back in the semis and it's a derby, the last one in your 60 year old stadium, the Calderon. And there were riots and there were scenes and there were limbs. And you were down th- three nil on aggregate. And I'll never forget, I walked out of the tunnel and the atmosphere, it's like every Atletico fan believed they could do it. We were like, you've got no ch- chance. Yeah. We sa- I sent a, me and my production partner sent an email to my boss saying, there's no point doing this anymore. They've lost 3-0. And he's like, just trust me, I think there might be something into it. And then you go up 1-0 and people, are, I remember people were crying on each goal. They weren't even celebrating them. Second goal, and it was like, what the fuck is going on? They're going to do it. And then Real Madrid scored one and the life got taken out. But up under, and then it ends in the pouring rain. They've won the game, but they've lost. Mm. And nothing's, nothing tells the story of Atletico more than that. Well, there you go. Through a derby. Ellie's favourite derby. Probably. Probably. It's <laughs> too many to choose from for you. It involves, involves Real Madrid, so I can't like too, many. too much. But. Um, and before, before we move on to talking about the football that happened over the weekend and during the week, I've got one final question um, for both, both of you. Um, you know, we, we see a lot of fan cultures around the world, what they do. What does Australia need to do? as a league or as a football culture to go to the next level? What do you think? Mm. I don't think there's one answer. I want to say that. Yeah. It's, it's a very loaded question. Yeah, and very loaded. Um, I think uh, pricing's one because I think you've got to get people in the door before they can become football fans. For example, I went so to the Melbourne Victory game last night and I paid $40 for a general admission ticket. Mm. I mean, I just think that's too expensive for a ticket. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you've got to consider players have to get paid if we want stars to compete. These clubs can only lose so much money. It's not as simple as, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd love them. Tickets ought to be 15 bucks. But we've got to think about like how much does it cost to hire Marvel? Mm. Or, oh, I hate that stadium so much. <laughs> but it's so much bigger than like, I agree. Pricing's a good point. Yep. I'd love that. But. Australia is a fucking expensive country yep. and wages are fucking high. And not only do you have 23 players on your squad, you've got um, physios. I mean, you've worked, you've worked in for a professional sporting club. The, the, a club is so much more than the team, isn't it? And yep. you've got a bunch of people on 50, 60, 70 grand club. I don't know what, everything from finance to janitors to everything, sports scientists, everything. Yep. That's got to get paid. And obviously there's, the FFA's got a kitty and... I'd love I'd, I'd like to think that's as cheap as they can go maybe they can go cheaper but I, I think you've got a good point get them in the door go, go on sorry so um, a good example is uh, so a friend of mine who I went to school with not a, not a football guy not hugely a sporting guy really um, but he, he moved to Wentworthville which is about two suburbs away from Parramatta um, about probably 10 years ago and he started going to Western Sydney Wanderers games and this was like when, when the club was first formed and not a football guy but started going to Wanderers guys and was just 
enveloped in it. Mm. Like you just couldn't believe how good it was and how good the atmosphere yeah. was. And he was someone that, yeah, he would be sitting on halfway, like not in with the ultras or anything like that, but he'd be sitting uh, on halfway with his wife and they would be getting into like the, the chance and they'd yeah. be out of their seats and stuff like that. And look, I think the A-League has courted that kind of a fan or those kinds of people to try and get them into into the sport. Um, and we saw that if you're able to build an atmosphere, it does bring in people like that. And they want to stay. They, yeah. they want to come week after week. Um, but I guess probably what we've seen is we've seen a lot of people from the active supporting areas. They, they've been the ones that have walked away, I guess, in, in recent years. And that's meant that those people do that, that do that sit is? on halfway aren't interested in coming because they're like, well, the league's, the league's never purported to be amazing quality. But if it doesn't have it, that major point of difference, i.e. it's active support, then... Yeah. What is the league then? But yeah. the active support has been so fucked by the nanny state that is this country that mm. I, I totally get there's been so many bans and there's been just horrendous oppression for such minute incidents, you know, like the capo of Western Sydney, um, what was it last week, two weeks ago, got done for standing on a chair. Like you just got you know, kicked out of the stadium out, for standing on a chair yeah. at the Sydney Derby. You can get a ban for streamers, you can get a ban for this, for having a banner. The whole thing, it, it, this is what breaks. I don't know what the answer is. Like, we need to like we, we need to we we need. To, surely we can. We're allowed to tell the cops this is our stadium, our fans, as long as they're not breaking. L- laws. I think the first step in that is, and I was talking about this the other day with someone. Is you need there needs to be a league wide standard of rules for that you know that you give to each active support group. At the moment, these rules are just governed by either local police a private security firm that's been hired yep. or whoever owns the stadium. Mm. And so the rules are different at every single ground and no one really knows where they stand. It needs to be a, a uniform like a kind of deal. That everyone knows what you are and aren't allowed to do is the first step and I, then go from there. I just don't know how you do it because the cops have so much power in this country and they're mm. just able to just torture and just... Torture's a strong word, sorry. But like they're able to just treat fans with such disregard and contempt because they don't have the culture of it where in germany you couldn't da- if you dare went into an ultra section for almost if you took a capo that that'd take you now obviously a, a police officer couldn't walk into yeah, an ultra no, section no way in no way no way um now obviously you've got some of what's gone too far the other way in all of eastern europe and south america where there's no control now and there's stabbings and shootings and they actually have in the streets and on the stands of the club no, they, yeah exactly and that's too far as well and that's the problem with I'd say almost you, you want to get more existential humanity in that someone always takes it too far, whether it's to authorities or the people. There's very few incidences where it's a fairly balanced thing. I think Germany's where it's the best, and that's why they're fighting so hard to keep it that way. Mm. But yes, there's always, if the fans get too much power, they take advantage of it, and that's shit. And then if the cops get too much power, they take advantage of it, like here, like in England, and it's shit and it affects the atmosphere. At the end of the day, you need, and they've just got. I feel like they've got, everyone blames the FFA, but surely the FFA can only do so much until when the police are going, they're not allowed to do this. What am I meant to do? Yep. F- back up the fence, 100%. But besides taking the police to court, how expensive is that? Like, what can you do in the police? I, I, I don't know what the rules are. I don't know what the rules are. If, I, if, I, if it was up to me, yes, you'd have your own special security for the active support sections and for the stadiums. 100%. We're not playing ball anymore. We need our atmospheres. That's what makes our sport w- so unique. It's what the AFL and the NRL and the rugby can't ever, ever, no matter how much money they spend, ever create. They are more important than our players. Everything, these fans, these active fans, let's hero them, celebrate them. Everything from banners to 
choreographies to songs what can we do to help you that's that's the answer in my opinion mm. but at the same time we'll say this that's my opinion and the one problem i see in football but especially Australian football is everyone thinks their opinion is is right it's linear it's simple as that black and white it's not as black and white as what any of us think it's very difficult and and I think that always has to be considered that like no matter even what everything I'm, I'm saying there's probably nuances and things that make it difficult to implement everything I want whether it's pricing or what we want mm. whether it's everyone, oh it should just be cheaper all fans should get all rights well okay it's not as simple as that and that's something everyone has to take into consideration always yeah next up we'll cover some of the football that happened <laughs> over the last week okay well this is where I go yeah because I don't actually <laughs> I actually know anything about football so I, I, I'll let nice to meet you guys yeah Oh, might have struck a hand or two there. Ninkovic with composure. He is such a genius when presented with opportunities like that. Milos Ninkovic does make it 1-1 before half-time. Put a defender on the deck and slid it home. You want to know how to finish under pressure? Google Milos Ninkovic. Given today is International Women's Day, uh, which oh, yeah. is a day to, you know, appreciate all the wonderful and inspirational women in our lives. I thought we'd go straight into talking about one of the teams at the forefront of Australian sport, the Matildas. Obviously, they had the first leg of their Olympic qualifying playoff, which was in Newcastle on Friday night. 14,000, right? Demolished Vietnam in front of 14,500 people, which is, I mean, a great turnout yeah. and... And I think we were talking about this last night, Ellie. The Matildas are, you know, that's where we're going to get, that's where football is going in Australia is women's football. We're a world leader in women's football at the moment. Um, but it was, it was a convincing performance they put in on Friday night and a couple of standout performers. Claire Polkinghorne was on fire again and, of course, Sam Kerr. Who else but Sam Kerr scoring a double, um, which takes her now to 41 international goals for Australia, just six shy of Lisa Devanna, who wow, holds the record. Really? Um, you got just, Lisa Devanna, man. Just a reminder Legend. that Sam Kerr's only 26 years old. So How old is Devanna these days? I think she's 35, so she's she's had a good hit. I think Devanna scored 47 goals in 150-odd games for Australia, and yeah. Sam Kerr's got 41 in 83 games, I think it is. Um but, I mean, she's six goals behind Lisa Devanna in the all-time Matildas leading scorer. And she's only nine goals behind Tim Cahill as the all-time leading international goal scorer for Australia. So it's inevitable Tim she's going to break. the all-time leader. And what did he get, 51? 50. 50. He stopped on 50. Stopped yeah. right on 50. So it's if inevitable. If Van Meijerwijk had played him in fucking Russia, he'd probably yeah. have 60. <laughs> <laughs> probably. dickhead. Um, <laughs> did, did you guys uh, watch this game or watch the highlights from this game? No, I think I was on the plane. That was on what? what yeah, it was Friday night. night. Friday, Friday night. night. So... I mean, what, what do you think, because obviously this puts one foot in the door for the Matildas for the Olympics. What do you reckon their chances are at the Olympics? Obviously, the World Cup was a huge disappointment, but can they atone for that at the Olympics? The Olympics is actually a legitimate competition for the women because it it's not so. an under-23s comp. It's, yeah. all, it's all age. It's, it's how it should be, right? Everyone in London for the 2012 London Olympics goes on about the women's uh, The women's competition was just the, had the best atmosphere, was yeah. the most exciting game, so... And it, it means something, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's a proper like I, tournament. Yeah, like I think, um, I think they're a really decent shout. But look, I, I do fear that winning the tournament is a bit beyond them. I think um, whilst the the girls are good, 
I think the the semi-finals is probably probably their ceiling, um, well, unfortunately, because I think I think a lot of the other teams around the world have have improved, and the Matildas and have, a lot of investment of, have as sort well. of plateaued a little bit in the last probably two years. Yeah, but where our plateau is at, I still think we can compete with with a lot of the teams. I mean. I think on our day we can beat anyone. The problem is it seems to be yeah. when we get into big competitions we freeze up. Yep. That loss to Norway was just that yeah. wasn't us. It was, was heartbreaking. It was a horrible performance. I thought, as well. I, yeah, I was more infuriated because it was like we can do better than that. Like we have set a way higher standard. We didn't finish our chances. It, it didn't need to go down that way. Well, I think going into the Olympics, um, the team would expect, and I sure as a group have come together and expect that they can win the tournament. But I think at a minimum, they'd want to be leaving with a medal. At least yeah. a medal it would be yeah, their uh, expectation of the Olympics is what I would expect mm. from them going in. Um, yeah, I guess next we'll move on to the A-League, which kicked off on Friday night. We There was a big game between Brisbane and Western Sydney, which is a race for a final spot. Mm-hmm. Um Look, it was, uh, it, was, it was a good game for Brisbane who, you know, they've showed that they're really putting stuff together now after a horrible start to the season. I think Robbie Fowler's won the Manager of the Month two months in a row, even though that's I a very contentious uh, award. All the Liverpool fans all over the world have so been So the A-League him. Manager of the Month <laughs> award is a fan-voted award Twitter poll. So Liverpool fans <laughs> from around the world it's have It's a been, Twitter poll? Yeah. What, from the official A-League account? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the A League's at. Um, but what's the stop fans? With the team with the biggest fan base. Well, I guess no, because Melbourne Victory. Yeah, and Liverpool on. do have the most fans. Oh, in Liverpool! The That's why Robbie Fowler has won <laughs> two Manager of the Month. So it's, it's a bit of a contentious award. Um, but it was a Scott McDonald brace for Brisbane. His first goals for Brisbane actually yeah. gave them a two 0 lead at Scotty the break. Oh, he's back. What happened at West goals. Well, there's there's a lot of rumours of what happened there and uh, why he exited, but... It seems like the move's actually been pretty beneficial for both parties. I mean, yeah, we'll get onto the woo so. in a little Good bit. Point. But, um, Good point. But like, I actually thought this was one of Brisbane's best performances of the season, right? They were playing good football. They were moving the ball around with purpose and great intensity. Without the ball, they, they pressed well. And this didn't look like the same Brisbane that we've been watching all year, bar maybe yeah. like sort of fits and fits and starts yep. um, throughout the season. But well, one, the goals were scrappy though. I mean Yeah, there was a couple of scrappy second. goals. But one one thing from this game is Mitch Duke scored again, which is the fifth Love game it. in a row he scored mm. for Western Sydney. Um, he's knocking on the door now, throwing his uh, you know, his name in the hat for Socceroos selection, I would think. Because Jamie McLaren is out of form. Adam Taggart Hasn't scored the. He's been off season. He hasn't scored yet to start the season because I think their games have been postponed. Well, yeah, the K League's delayed, but so um, he he did just finish the previous season as the Golden Boot in the K League. He did. So, but he obviously <laughs> hasn't played for a few true, months. True. Where's Jamie McLaren playing? Melbourne City, and he was on well, fire yeah, at the start of the season. Was he in, was yeah. he in Scotland? And he, he was gave at Hibs, wasn't he? Hibs. Yeah, yeah, he came back to the A League. Yeah, yeah. but know. but is Mitch Duke? Is his hey? Is his Name in the hat for for the Socceroos. I think that's a decent shout. But look, I, I don't think he's he's the player to lead the line if he's playing up front by himself. Yeah. If, if the Socceroos are, are playing sort of genuine sort of wide forwards or wingers, I think yeah, decent shout for him to play in one of those roles though. Mm. Um, we got a question from Connor on Twitter that said, after Friday night's performance, could you say that Fowler's safety first tactics were just to get Brisbane into a finals position, and now we'll see a more entertaining brand of football. That um, 
when I saw that tweet, I went, that's a pretty good take, you know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that is uh, what Fowler's Fowler's Because they've is. played... It, it makes like, a lot of sense. They've been hard to watch at times this season, Brisbane. They're playing some horrible football. Yep. But they've been getting points lately. So, I guess we'll see. How high do you think Brisbane can finish? Well, I think they're only... They're one the, point off the top four at the moment. Well, yeah, they're one point behind third. And granted, um, Wellington and Perth have got a game to come, but... Still, like yeah. they they could finish uh, the round one point behind third if if results go their way. So um, it's crazy. Uh, after the start of the season, who would have thought that? Yeah, well, even probably a, a month ago, you would have said, "Oh, yeah, Brisbane probably not even going to make finals." But yeah, now they're talking about top three kind of things. So there's a lot about the A League this season. Yeah, and that's often the case with a brand new manager. Brisbane cleared out a lot of. Players in the offseason, didn't they? A lot they? of players. Yeah. And they brought in a fair new players. How, how many players left? I mean, I'm not sure the numbers exactly. Who left again? It'd be nearly 10 players. Yeah, I remember there was a massive clear out. Yep. So I, I I kind of knew it was going to take a while for them to, to do anything anyway. So I'm not surprised that it's taken a while and now mm. they're in their groove. Um, it's common in the A-League as well because you do see such massive turnover in squads that... It does some, take a while. Yeah, some teams will take 15, sometimes 20 games before they kind of yeah. click. Um Mm. Uh, the early game yesterday was between the Woo, uh, Western United, <laughs> and Adelaide, which is, again, two sides that are battling for uh, finals berth. Uh, did you guys see this game? It was it was ridiculous. Yeah. There were six goals that were scored. Uh, Barisha opened the scoring, I mean, adding another goal to his all-time league's highest scorer tally. What's he at now? Oh, he'd be over 100 goals now. No way. I think, think scored, so? I think he'd scored 25 goals just against Adelaide. Well, 21 goals in 25 games against yeah. Adelaide is his record, which is ridiculous. Um, but <laughs> it's ridiculous, R- isn't it? Riley McGree was the only goal scorer for Adelaide um, in a 5-1 loss. We were talking about the Olympics before um, with the women. Mm. Obviously, our men's team's qualified for the Olympics as well. How important is Riley McGree going to be in that Olympics campaign? Well, the question is, does he go? Because he hasn't been involved in any well, of the stuff. Well, he still has a two-game suspension or three-game yeah. suspension. So he, it's whether or not he um, he, he stays involved. Because I think it's you're feeling probably a little bit hard done by if you're um, if you're the one that misses out for Riley McGree, who's missed six months worth of games and camps and stuff in the lead up to the tournament. Um, if but, Riley McGree takes his spot, but the way I see it is, if if you're going to a tournament and you're not picking mm. your best players, you're not going to a tournament with the right mindset. And I don't care if you haven't played for six months prior. If you're the best player in that position, you've got to go. I mean, he scored 10 goals this year in the league. How old as is a central he? midfielder. He's 22, 23 years old. Yeah, he won't go to the next one. This is his only chance to go to an Olympics. It, it's really tricky. Um, I think he's by far one of the best uh, players in that position for, for the Oli Roos. And he's obviously in awesome form. He's been one of the best players in the A-League um, this season. Um, but, yeah, really tricky one. Mm. Ellie, what do you think? Uh, send him. <laughs> send him. <laughs> yeah. Mate, the um, Olympics are going to be cancelled anyway. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know why we're very well postponed. So, uh, back, back to the Adelaide um, Western United game. Obviously, you said it finished 5 1. Borussia ended up with a brace again for two weeks in a row now. He's, he's got a brace. Um, I said before, this game was wild. Adelaide had 26 shots and scored one goal. They had double what? the amount of shots as Western United, who who's, scored five. Who, who's the Woos keeper? Uh, Philip Curto, but he actually went off injured after 10 minutes and their reserve goalkeeper was playing. Who's he? 
actually know him. His surname is Scott, but I, d- I don't know who he is. I think he came from the uh, NPL. Just quickly, where's Tando Valafi playing these days? Uh, I don't he, think he I is. Was, <laughs> no, no, he's on the bench at Perth. Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, okay, okay. I knew it was, was going to be someone. I, <laughs> I just assumed he's the, everyone's deserved keeper. Um, but it's, I mean, Adelaide just looks shocking, right? It wasn't that the keeper was really good. They just couldn't hit the target. They had 26 shots and I think six on target or something 26 throughout the whole game. 26 shots. What? I mean, they've they've won one out of their last five matches. They were on an incredible run of form just yeah, just over that. a month ago. Yeah. They hadn't lost in six or seven games. So what's happened at Adelaide? Damo, I think it was you that mentioned a couple of weeks ago that with Adelaide, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. They're either going to be like a team that could potentially knock off Sydney or they're going to get flogged by... Um, like Western Sydney, for example, you just you, you don't know what's gonna wh- which team's gonna show up, mm. and they were pretty bloody poor in oh, this horrible. game. Like yeah. just, it honestly was uh, they they were almost like the um, the figurative witches hats that were out there, right? Yeah. And Western United, so that Diamante goal, like they just they basically gave just him let the him ball. walk through, yeah, didn't yeah, they? yeah, yeah, yeah. The the centre back like stepped right off of him. Yeah. He just was like, oh sweet, all right, I'll just I'll dribble it all the way to the penalty spot and shoot. <laughs> Western United have actually got a pretty decent squad. They do, and but they just, they're just they're very good. It's kit. Very rare in their league. So. They need they need to put it all together though. Western United is this. I I think they'll still make finals. Yeah, um, I think so. I think I, I would like to see them make the finals, given I am a foundation member of the Western <laughs> United. Are you? I am. Yeah, Good I on am. you, man. <laughs> so is Tommy. We, we both got two game memberships, mate. <laughs> Counted as a membership. Uh, <laughs> nice have you, have you gone? Have you gone to a game? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All the road trip to Geelong, to the home game <laughs> in oh, Melbourne. Fucking hell. Um, on that note, we'll probably move on to the next <laughs> game. Um, the big one last night was the Big Blue. The 53rd Big Blue, actually. Um, really? Which is the most f- played fixture in A-League history. I think I've probably been to about 10 of them. Um, Ellie, you and I went to this game last night. Just yeah. a couple of questions before kickoff. What were your thoughts on the atmosphere and the general vibe around the game before the game started? Um, I loved it and I didn't love it. Obviously, I, I mean, I, I went to the first ever Big Blue in season two. It was a 3-2 um, it was fifty thousand people. It was, it was the hottest ticket in town. Melbourne Victory was obviously that's their vintage classic golden season. I mean, I didn't even see the rest of the game. I pulled a flare and had to run for my life <laughs> uh, before it was um, back in the old BWB. Do you, do you want us to edit that bit out, mate? Or? No, you keep it in there. Keep it in there. I mean, I my mates, had, I was, I was God, fourteen at the time. My mates had convinced me to do it. Um, so I too mean, young and stupid to know better, right? I, I <laughs> urge all listeners to look up the three-two of the. I think it's the two thousand six season. Nicky Ward, remember Nicky Ward? Yeah, Nicky yeah. Ward. Yeah. He scored an absolute, an absolute screamer. Yeah. Musket got a red card for some insane tackle. Sydney Standard. bought Sydney bought like five hundred thousand away fans. The flare covered the smokes. That it was epic, and it was only outdone by the next game, which got fifty like f- proper sellout. Fifty k and it was a nil-nil. And then uh, so this the big blue. I've got some amazing. I was at the. I used to travel to Sydney for the big blues because they were always so amazing. Uh, saw some incredible games. The old bit Sydney FC Bing Lee days with yep. the sponsors. There was some great. Uh, Robbie Cruz w- scored that winner in the playoff in 2011. What about the, the Naboo double that he scored? Oh, the Naboo. That, that was There's really been a lot of good big blues. It's one of the most epic things. So it. W- so last night was a bit disappointing in that fact. Yeah, but I mean, you've got. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I saw barely any of... Obviously, all the Australia Day Big Blues have gone to. Del Piero's first one was epic. Epic, that one. Um, even though Sydney won, it was the atmosphere, the whole game was great. 
um, some great choreographies and fans, but I just felt like Melbourne wasn't even talking about it. Mm. I don't know what's happened. Again, I refuse to blame football fans because everyone there was, like it was so encouraging to see so many fans decked out in gear, so many young kids. And I, as I said on Twitter, the amount of languages, I heard so much Spanish being spoken and it's so cool. And it's something I, I, I realized we've got so many amazing expat communities we, mm. who probably watch their teams back in South America, Africa, Asia. If you can get them to care about their local team, Sydney bought some fans for football. Yeah, Australia. it's a huge game, but Eddie had's dead, man. Like, it's got to go. I don't, again, I don't understand it because a lot of people get angry. Maybe Melbourne Victory get paid so much to play there that it helps buy that player. And But I don't know how much money well, justifies a, that. There used to be a decent argument for playing there because they would get, get 35,000 yeah. yeah. every week. Um, but now that they're not getting... I'm not even sure what the crowd was last night, but I don't think it would have been 20,000. Yeah, in oh, 20,000 really? 20, in... in, in, in oh, fuck it. And the money goes to the AFL. Like, yeah. It just breaks my heart, man. And yeah. like ev- abs- everyone in that stadium should be applauded um, because they, they did their best, but it just wasn't banging. It was good. Melbourne Victory played quite well at stages, but like for me, I want, I want it has to be at Amy, man. We have yep. to stick to mm. football grounds, and also whoever wasn't at that game for whatever reason, like get back, get back and support this stuff. Like there are members that aren't going. That yeah. that blows my mind, right? I know because you know eventually novelty wears off and stuff True. like that. And like I've I've just I've just been to Craig Foster about this once about how like he's like the shirt's got to mean more than that. And I said I agree, but the problem is the reason the dogs, the Bulldogs or the Tigers or whatever other sport and every other team have people go when they're not winning is because you're going almost because you're a family. It's like a tradition in your family. Mm-hmm. You go, I'm, I went to Richmond because Richmond, even when... You uh, know nothing else. The first 20 years, I didn't go to Richmond because I was winning. I went to Richmond because my grandfather went for Richmond and my uncle went for Richmond. and So I go to Richmond and watch them, but we're probably going to lose. Whereas in the A-League, these clubs don't have the history or in our bloodline or the nostalgia to be like, I'm going no matter what the result. It should be, like, don't get me wrong, anyone listening going, yeah, that's the reason. Well, fucking grow up because this game needs you more than the other sports need you. And you need to get there even when your team's dead, even when the atmosphere's boring. You need to go and just be a presence and do what you can, even if you're, it's not the best football or whatever. Like, we, you got to just go mm. because the sport here doesn't have the media behind it, the, the police behind it. The, the, every, every other sport is backed up by so much of everything else, the A-League clubs need more something more than that and we all need to get behind these teams and, mm. and stick by them, whatever the result. So that's that's my argument there. As for on the pitch, I thought it was Sydney were brilliant. Man. I think it was a great game. It Obviously, great game. it finished 4-1. Sydney kind of ran away with it in the back end of the game. Um, first half was a bit of an arm wrestle. Rojas got a great goal early on after five minutes, a little mazy little run, a little nutmeg and a good finish. The Ninkovic goal I thought was unbelievable. You and I, when we were at the game, oh, that was man. just... It was just the build-up. The ball came in, out to Ninkovic, who sat the defender down and just slipped it under the keeper. Like, that's, as Ned Zellich would put yeah. it, a little bit of individual brilliance. <laughs> I clapped it. I was in the Melbourne end. Yeah. Got a few looks. There, and was, we, there was a few people looking at us going, no, that was a good goal. That was a yeah, good goal. Yeah, that was a good goal. Po- poise personified, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Very much uh, only so. Only outdone by Caceres' goal. Oh, and that, exactly. That was the next one. Caceres, Marco Rojas was actually off getting treatment for an injury. So they were man down at a set piece from a corner and they kind of played it quickly and they caught Melbourne victory off guard and Caceres just walked by a couple of players and put that top bins with his left foot. That was some no strike. One saving Big that. up Caceres. I love Caceres, man. He's one of the best surnames in the game. Best surname. <laughs> He's one of the best technical players in the league. To one of honest. the best looking. 
Exactly. <laughs> he's got a Uruguayan connection. I just, I just think he's an icon, man. I just can't believe he's still playing. Remember the Melbourne City loan weird yeah, thing he did? Yeah, from the, the Mariners. Mariners yeah, and then he was somewhere was else strange. was for the Mariners, wasn't he? Was it? Was it? Ooh, s- I think Mariners might have been his star. No, nah, no, nah, definitely. You reckon he was somewhere else? Well, unless I think another Caceres was at Lazio. Yeah, maybe was someone else. I don't know. I swear Caceres was at somewhere before the Mariners. I guess the only other talking point from this game was that penalty right at the end. Um, yeah. Puglain got sent off and there was a penalty given. Like, I've watched this back so many times, this penalty incident. I can't even see where there was a foul. Like maybe because it looked like he got corned by those two players and they came in at him. It wasn't a red card, though, because it wasn't last man. Well, I, I was reading into the rule this morning, and the rule actually states that if a player commits an accidental foul in the area, then it's a yellow card and a penalty. Yeah. So the on-field referee and the VAR have both deemed that this was an intentional foul to stop a goal-scoring opportunity. That's the only way you can validate that being a red card. Or, or they thought it wasn't clear-cut. They were like, uh, so we can't... So they can't you, overrule. You're, you're, meant to, you're not meant to overrule unless it's clear-cut. Like clear so maybe they were like, error or something. Yeah, so maybe they were saying, it could be, it couldn't be, but that's not our job to overrule it. Mm. But then if only they would apply that to every fucking decision. <laughs> but he, um, like it is a red card because they've, like I think they've deemed it that he hasn't tried to play the ball. Right, so he's deliberately fouled him. Yeah. Yeah. And like okay. if he, um, who was it? There was someone, someone in the Premier League gave away a penalty and uh, wasn't sent off. Mm-hmm. Um but because oh maybe it was in the maybe it was in the other anyway I can't remember but they didn't get sent off because even though it was last man because they actually tried to tackle the bloke mm. it was a sliding tackle m- missed the ball by miles but only got a yellow card still a penalty still ended up scoring the goal yeah. but that's that's the difference I think I mean in 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 light of that you know refereeing I mean refereeing decisions are always contentious and they always are but we we had a question from someone on Facebook Daniel Fornarino that said are we seeing a drop in quality of referees across the board. Like this is yeah. not just the A League. This is Champions well, League. Everyone league. says that, but like, where, are they more scrutinised? Is that yeah. the problem? Yeah, and I also will say this to everyone who always tells me it's our league's got the worst refs. I would need. Everyone says that though. Everyone says that about every league. Like the refs. And every sport as well. Yeah, (laughs) it's substandard. And it's as if there's some magic league where the refs are perfect and they get all the decisions right for you and your opposition and you both agree on that. Like, I think the reality is, I hate to break it to you, everyone says the refs are getting worse. They've been saying, yeah, we was robbed. (laughs) The refs in our leagues are the worst. The refs are getting worse. Other than some pretty bad decisions in that game. But at the end of the day, Where's this perfect league with the perfect refs? Mm. Uh, besides the um, what's Baldy from Italy called? Uh, such a C. Collini. Collini. Besides Collini, Collini ever- sorry. Collini, nah, maybe. I can't yeah. remember. Anyway, you're talking about him, the same guy. <laughs> he's the only ref everyone loves. Besides him, everyone else, every everyone hates, and I think they really love him. hatred of referees. Of every referee, and we always think every referee's crap except for him. And I think we only love him because he's Mike got Whitney such a unique pretty, look. Yeah. Mike Whitney was pretty popular in Gladiators as well. Oh, Mike, <laughs> Mike Whitney didn't, didn't Mike Whitney cheat on his wife with the girl? <laughs> the oh, what was it? What was the co-host that uh, we were all in love with? What was her name? Tanya Zayeda. Tanya Zayeda. Oh my god! This I is spiraling out of Tanya control. This podcast. <laughs> oh god! Big up Tanya Zayeda and Mike Whitney. Whichever well, Mike. <laughs> Besides the infidelity, that's bad. But <laughs> well, who dares wins? Yeah. Who dares wins? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Honey God. was a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, there's, there's two oh, more. Crying. There's two more A League games this weekend. Uh, Central Coast play Wellington this afternoon, and then Perth Glory play Melbourne City tonight. Guys, have you got any predictions for those games? Ellie, I'll go to you first. Uh, I think the Glory. Glory will win. Yeah. And Central the Coast in Wellington. Play. Central Coast, it's, oh, nah, it's dire where's the game? There. Yep. Uh, and Gosford. I mean, I thought they played 
pretty well. Who did they play? Didn't they get flogged yeah, last they got week? By the way, last week, but they scored two pretty impressive goals. That, that was that was six two. Yeah, one of them was like a bicycle, which was probably goal of the round. Uh, I don't know because they've got stat, stats. How do I, I still come another stack it? Stage, stage. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for them to come good. I think everyone could been be waiting, waiting a while. I, know, but <laughs> I, I just don't like to laugh at them or like kind of bully them because they're, like they're, they're struggling. It's not an easy yeah, it's um, kind of community. It's like and the fans that go, it's so easy to go for a team that's winning in a big city with a cool mm. little stadium. Okay, they've got the cool stadium, but like I, I got so much respect for Mariners fans because it's like it can't be easy. You're basically you're a meme. In the town of beach bombs mm. and like, <laughs> but you know they'll be proudly say it themselves. Like it's like it's a very beach culture. It's hard to create a urban football culture. You know, Gosford's, I think, more known for rugby league and stuff like that. And they're trying, like, they've had some ma- classic moments. I was at that one where they won the grand final against the Wanderers and people were crying because, you know, they got kicked, they got made so many semis or so many finals before and got knocked out. I feel, I feel bad. Also, remember, Central Coast has given us, like, Matty Ryan. They've given us Tommy Rogic. Remember that? Mm. So, like, without this club... W- w- Graham Arnold Aussie as well. Football, they didn't give us Graham Arnold. <laughs> what are you on Sensitive about? topic for Ellie. He's not a real Graham no, Arnold no, fan. No, I don't mind him. But they didn't, they, <laughs> I'm not a bigger fan, but they didn't give us him either. Um, he well with Sydney, to be fair. But the point is, um, I'd like to see him come good. I just... They've created so many good players. Maybe, mm. I don't know. Maybe they should have signed Usain Bolt. <laughs> At the end of that, it couldn't have been worse. It couldn't have been worse, could it? Yeah. Well, Tommy, what are your predictions for the two games this afternoon? Uh, I think, yeah, I think the Mariners are going to go down. I think that the Knucks will get up there. And I think it will be a draw in Perth and, and City. Where's um, where's uh, the Knucks on the table? In yeah, third. third. I think they're level on points. I third. think they could, this could be... This could be the year, you know. Yeah, they well, they've got really a great squad the and they're playing really but good. Then what happens if they make the Champions League? Then I'll yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the problem? Well, we've only got one Champions League spot now, so that's probably not an issue anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, mean here's our coefficients dropped so much that we've only got one auto spot next serious? season. Our coefficients dropped that much. Yeah, I think we're the seventeenth highest ranked league in Asia as of last week. We are number seventeen. Yeah, falling no. just behind Bahrain. And another league. No way, that can't be right. Yeah. So what, what's okay? Obviously, you got Japan, Korea, China. Oh, I couldn't list all seventeen above us. Saudi Arabia, <laughs> sixteen above us. Yeah, Bahrain is above us. Like things, things are pretty grim, <laughs> aren't they? Do you understand seventeen? How far behind we are? Yes, we we started off with three automatic, three automatic spots and one qualification spot. Is it just based on club performances? Yeah, it's club uh, performances. In Asian competitions. But who's doing well, better than us, besides the teams, the four big leagues? Well, Australian teams historically suck. Okay, but Asia. who's... Do, uh, excuse me, the Wanderers won in 2013 and... And they won't forget about it. And Adelaide United. And so, why shouldn't they? Exactly. I, 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 I back every other Wanderers fan in that they... I would never shut the fuck up about that. And if I supported any other team, I'd never shut the fuck up about how they've never won the league and, lo- <laughs> and lost the most grand f- and lost the most grand finals. And that's the beauty of football. Like yeah, exactly. these narratives of the one team that's won the biggest trophy can't win the biggest domestic. Yep. But the no none of the biggest domestic have won the big international. But that's what true. I'll say is this: also, don't forget Adelaide United in two thousand nine. Oh eight oh nine. What a they they made the final. Took Gumbo Saka to the final, and that was when there was a two leg final. Two leg final. They, oh, they lost man. it away in Japan. It was two leg final for Wanderers as well. Oh, it was two. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't one it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Um, it's only just changed now. But um, I don't understand how they can be, because when I think of Asian Champions League, Japanese teams, Chinese teams, Korean teams, and Saudi teams are always in it. At Iran, but besides that, there's not twelve other teams that do consistently better than us. Who? I can't even name the. Uh, t- <laughs> Thailand, Thailand, 
<laughs> I can't name a Barney team. I can add a bunch of Ty, there's a, Ty's got a decent league. Buriram United. Buriram, uh, Chonbury Sharks. <laughs> I went to that game. Melbourne Victory. <laughs> wait, Melbourne Victory away at Chonbury. I actually went to that <laughs> game on a gap year. Um, who else? Seriously, though. I don't know. I'll have to find the coefficient and I'll, I'll put that up on like, our Twitter account. The thing is, like, you don't even hear about Iraqi teams and, like, no. because they play in a different cup, don't they? play in the AFCC Cup or then... Well, there's two different and they split the Asian Champions League into East two and regions, West. East and West. But so we, still we never hear about the East, Eastern regions because we're not involved in that. We only meet them come the end of the Champions League if you make it that far. I think they don't even let some countries in, which is bullshit. Like, mm. how come you never see an Indian team? You never see a team well, from India's Myanmar. Well, has got its own issues because they've got the Indian Super League, which is a breakaway league that actually isn't involved in the AFC. Isn't it? No, they've got the I-League, which is actually their number one league. And then they've got yeah, essentially like a big bash league equivalent. Yeah. Super League. Like, anyway. But they're merging because the two big teams want to join the I- the ISL. That, that's another... That's story. for another day. Yeah. yeah um, for another day. So, so I think North Korea are above us. Well, there you go. That's lovely. But I've never seen a North Korean club yeah. play. What is this? What is this? Man, the AFC is a joke. <laughs> Qatar, Qatar, okay, Qatar and Saudis are both above us. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, um, who else? Uzbekistan's above okay, us. Okay, that makes UAE. sense. UAE. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm not sure if Tajikistan. No, there's the no way Tajikistan. Or not. What are you talking about? We're not 17th. Who said this? Who, which one of you said this? This is not true. We I are said not. It. We are not 17th in club football in Asia. That's just not true. We're I'll, top 10, I'll 100%. find the coefficient for you. Find the, co- the, the coefficient's bus broken. <laughs> before we Fix get, the coefficient. Before we get stuck on this, we should probably move <laughs> yeah. on to uh, some English football that happened throughout the week. Uh, we'll, we'll start with, we'll quickly rip through, whip through a bunch of the FA Cup games. Uh, Arsenal beat Portsmouth 2-0 away. Um, Newcastle had a good win away at West Brom, 3-2. Sheffield United got up 2-1. A uh, man like Billy Sharp scoring a goal in extra time. Against who? Against Reading, which means... Oh, yeah. I saw that Sheffield game United in the airport. qualified or well, progressed to the quarterfinal for the first time in six years. That's not that which amazing. Is good. But the first time as a top flight club in 29 years. Mm. So there's a stat for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> anything, uh, any, baby steps. Any, uh, anything to add Sheffield, Sheffield United? United. Just keep, keep talking about Sheffield United. <laughs> do, you, do you know how many times he brings up overlapping centre-backs? Even when we're not even talking about Jeff United, I don't even talk to him yeah. as much as I talk to you. Um, Leicester beat Birmingham 1-0, which is actually Leicester's first win since the 25th of January in all comps. So that's an interesting... Like, no. they've had a real blip in run of form. Um, it's not a blip. It's just flatlining, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. At the end of the day, though, they've secured Champions League, basically. Yeah. So I've, I, if you ask any of them, they'd be buzzing for that. Um, Wayne Rooney's return to Old Trafford was yeah. a one-way affair. Man United won 3-0 against Derby. Which is funny because didn't Derby knock the Man United out, was it this season or last season? Yeah, last season. Last yeah. season. Cup or League Cup? League Cup. It was League, League Cup. Cup. And yeah. I think it was a Harry Wilson free kick because he yeah. was on loan from Liverpool and that was the whole narrative. Is Wilson still at Derby? He's at nope. Bournemouth this season. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other result was... Manchester City beating Sheffield Wednesday 1-0. Um, it was a full-strength Manchester City as yeah. well, uh, bar, I think, Claudio Brava started instead. And it was an Aguero, an Aguero goal that was you know, mm. enough to make the difference. I yep. think Brava made some good saves. Or was that another game? The, the other two oh, results... That was, against, that was against Villa. The other two results were the big, probably the biggest results. Uh, Chelsea obviously beating Liverpool 2-0. We spoke about that before briefly. Um I mean, that before last night's game, that left Liverpool with three losses in their last four games. Oh, well, and also the, that win against West Ham was 
not convincing. Exactly. Well, and in those four games, they conceded eight goals, right? Wow. It took... I went back and it was 21 games prior. They conceded eight in their previous 21 games. So they had some sort of defensive issue. And now... Um, Is his name Lovren? Adrian... Mm. Not Adrian. Um, <laughs> what's his name? The Brazilian goalkeeper? Alisson. Alisson, that's right. Alisson went down injured at training a couple of days ago. So Adrian is now starting. So if they've had defensive issues, now they're bringing Adrian in. I don't know if it's going to get any better for Liverpool. What could possibly go I mean, all, they've, all they've got is the... Li- oh, no, obviously they've got Champions League. I think Atletico are going through. I caught Atletico before the first leg. But um, I think they Big just... Shout. They Your boys. Look, man, they just want to win the league. That like, uh, You speak to any Liverpool fan, yeah, they shouldn't I get agree. ahead of themselves. There was one thing they wanted. Even undefeated, mo- any real Liverpool fan, real Liverpool fan will tell you... They didn't care. We, we j- if I said you at the start of the season, give up everything, just win the league... You lose a game. That, uh, uh, do we get to win the league? Yes. Mm. Okay, that's what they want. It's bizarre that the season is almost now becoming a bit of... Like, it's almost becoming an anticlimax yep. because mm. it was so big and they yeah. were on such an amazing run of form that it's almost sort of... Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, all about the relegation spot. That is going to be fascinating. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, the last FA Cup result from uh, the fifth round was Norwich beating Spurs in penalties. Oh, yeah. I think the talking point from this game was not so much the penalty, the, the game and the fact that Tim Krul saved two penalties and was a hero, but it all, all the headlines were about Eric Dyer, right? And it was Eric Dyer, you know, scaling Rose into the stadium to try and confront some guy and have a fight. There was rumours, it was his brother was involved and that's why he jumped in. There was a whole bunch of rumours flying around, but I mean, the FA and Spurs are both investigating what happened. Like, what what are the consequences for both of them here? Like, as a professional, that's the you cannot be doing that if you're Eric Dyer. That is way out of line. Yeah, but you you got to remember what this place is subjected to, man. And like, sometimes it cracks. I hear his brother was involved. Is that right? yeah. Well, yeah, one of the rumors was that it was either his brother or that. Um oh, sorry, his brother was in the crowd, wasn't it? It was. So yeah. so what happened was is there was a, a guy that was yelling insults out to Eric Dyer on the field and Eric Dyer's brother didn't take nicely to it, confronted this guy and they were going back and forth and a bit of a scuffle and Dyer saw this from the ground and ran up to get involved with nah, his brother but and you, this guy. No, because you can see from that video footage of the longer edit where he, when he walks up, it, there was no fighting when he was walking up. It was over. Then there's this one guy, someone points it out, you can see the guy he's going after. He's, he's actually, running away. Yeah, he's running away. Yeah. So it's not like... I feel like word of mouth spread. He saw it, then mm. he went over to someone. What's that guy like? Kept, the guy who was running away kept like turning around to Eric and going like, like waving him away. Mm. Like, no, no, it's fine. I don't know. It's a very it's, weird it's one. It's a weird situation, right? I think and it's, like, and I wonder what will come of it. It'll be interesting to see what comes. Yeah, but also like I don't think anyone really knows the truth. I mean, the fact that for the first few hours it was definitely racism. Yeah, and that like what was it? it someone abused someone yelled Gelson? Gedson Fernandez. Is that his name? Yeah, mm-hmm. something about Gedson, and it's, that just wasn't true. But everyone, but that's the everyone had tweeted for hours about it. Yeah, and then we decided it's about his brother. Well, may, maybe his, we don't know. Like, well, you know, it's just who knows what happened. Mm. And so until we know what happened, and um, again, I think fans should be held more accountable. <gasps> yeah, yeah things I you feel comfortable agree. saying. Have you seen that video of Lingard being abused? Yeah, when he, when he got on the bus. Yeah, it's just fucking horrible, man. Yeah. We're, we're Sometimes it's like clubs' own fans as well. It That's what yeah. I Well, that was right. the Lingard video. Mate, it was a bunch 100%. of Man United England? fans yelling mm. at him. In England, mate, they love abusing their own players. It's insane. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a strange football culture sometimes. Um, talk about it. We'll go straight into the Premier League. Um, there's a bunch of games from last night. 
Um, just to quickly run through a few of the games, Tommy, your West Ham went down 1-0 to Arsenal. What were your thoughts on the game? So disappointed to get nothing out of this game. I mean, um, only only West Ham or Mikel Antonio could cock that um, potential goal up because I think it was the first five minutes where pretty much you just had to lay it off and Allaire taps it into an empty net and, yeah, they somehow managed to cock it up. It's just... That's the kind of shit that gets teams relegated, though. Yeah. Um, mm. And they score then, and it totally changes the completion of the game. Mm. I don't know how the rest of the game is going to play out, but if you're up 1-0 within 10 minutes, it, it puts you in a much stronger position, obviously. The whole game obviously. changes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, look, um, Antonio did have two other decent chances, so, um, yeah, pretty disappointed to come out of it with nothing. I would agree. I... We, we were talking about this a little bit off air um, about West Ham and their relegation battle that they're now involved in. I mean, they sit on 27 points, which is there's three teams level on 27 points and that's the cutoff at the moment. I think West Ham are in that third bottom spot just on goal difference. Um, Tommy, are you confident that West Ham can stay up? Um, the good thing is West Ham do seem to be getting some results against the, the teams around them or mid-table teams. So... I think um, so. West Ham, uh, they're level on points with Watford and um, Bournemouth, um, but they're out of the relegation spots on goal difference. What is it? Two. Oh, they're out of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but even still, they're they're only two points behind Brighton as well. So Brighton could still get dragged into this as well. Mm. Um, yet. But yeah, look, I, I do think given that they've got uh, a couple of games left and like I was saying beforehand, um, West Ham play Villa on the last day of the season, which... That's crazy. Yeah, that, that could, could be a decider, right? could run. all come down to that. Yeah. I mean, talking about Brighton, you said they could get dragged into a relegation battle. They got a huge point last night away yeah. at Wolves, yeah. um, which was both huge for Brighton in a relegation battle and it was pretty dire for Wolves who yeah. are in a, you know, a Champions League spot race at the moment. Mm. So... Wolves have dropped points and Brighton have gained huge points. Um, that leaves Wolves sitting fifth. Now they're two points behind Chelsea. They could have gone level on points if they'd won. Yeah, but I think with Wolves, you have to keep an eye out on the Europa League, man. I, I would put them mm. in the top three favourites to win that. The way they're playing in that would competition. You? Mate, what, do you, what do you think they prefer to win Europa League or to play Champions League next year? Well, I if they win the Europa League, they do play Champions League oh, yeah, next Europe year. So, <laughs> so that's, that's the one. I think if you ask Wolves fans, going to Europe is just so much fun. I think they'd be disappointed if they didn't make Europe again, maybe if they missed out in Europa League. But like, I feel like this team, they feel like is... Who they got next? Uh, Wolves have got... In the, in the league. league. Yeah, no, yeah, they've got... Who, yeah, who have they got next? Fuck, I love this They just beat Espanyol. They beat Espanyol. they the draw? They, I mean, they actually lost that game, yeah. where they won an aggregate, but they... Well, they're already 4-0 up. So yeah, they're 4-0 really up. Care. But they dig Torino as well. They just, they're absolute, they're just so excited in Europe mm. and, and in the league. But if I'm a what Wolves fan... I got Olympia Arcos. They can win oh, that, that's, 100%. They, that, they, they will win, win that. that. Olympia Arcos had all their luck to beat Arsenal. Wolves will win that. And then they're in the quarters. Which is huge. Yeah, remember Wolves are the team that started the uh, Champions League. This is a team with mm. well, the European Cup in those days. This is a historic team with a mm. history in Europe as well. Legendary team. I mean, forty something years since they played in Europe or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but when they did, they were a big team in Europe. And mm. it's, Wolves are just a proper club, man. I got a lot of respect for them. And as much as I don't like the people behind the club, what the club's doing, the players are fucking sick, man. Mm. What a team. They're a well-run yeah, club. Yeah, right? very well-run club. Got everything moving in the right yeah. in the same direction. I should they say. They got great, good, good fan base. Some really good initiatives within the fan base. Really good community vibes. So big up Wolves. It's mm. everything's kind of going the right direction for them at the moment, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. A um, couple of other results from last night. A single goal from Jordan Ayew was enough for Palace to get three points against Watford, 
who um, another one of those teams on 27 points that we're talking about before. Um, they're in shaping up for a huge relegation scrap. Do you think they can do enough to stay up or what for going down? I think Watford, I just can't. Yeah, they beat Liverpool one week and they lose to someone. Then they went on that run. I still look at Watford as a championship club. I, that's, I don't know why. Yeah, there's I, something weird about it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what, what do you think it is? That people look at them like a championship club. Why, why do people... I think it's because they're, like, they're not a London club, but they're not like a, another city's club They're not club a regional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're, 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 like, they're a little bit weird in that sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that, that means that because they don't have like a population centre to really sort of grab a hold of, yeah. it means that they don't have a huge amount of fans. Like I know mm. some some West Ham fans who live in Essex like have sort of, and don't like how the direction of West Ham is headed, have actually sort of gone over to Watford, I've heard in, That's in weird. recent years. Yeah. It's, it's like, strange, isn't it? But it means that like I don't there know is how that all works. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I get... Because there's more about them. Yeah, I've heard of them going to Lake Norwich. A lot of them go to South, South End in yeah. Essex. Yep. But to go to Watford... Mm. It's not like okay, I'll, I'll be cool. <laughs> okay, a, a couple of other uh, results. We see Burnley um, picked up a point, or, or or Spurs lost points. Whoever you look at it, I actually, you know, watched this game. It was one-one, and I think Burnley probably on the balance of the game deserves to win it. Chris Wood opened the scoring, um, pouncing on another goalkeeping mistake from Spurs, which is becoming a a fixture in their games every time. Um, Delhi obviously equalised from the spot, but like I said, I think Spurs were lucky to come away from Turf Moor with anything. I think Burnley deserved three points. Um, uh, how high can Burnley finish, do you reckon? Because they've been playing some good football. It's really good to see Burnley doing well because I remember it, like early on in the season, there was a real real concern. They about were going them. down. So yeah. I think it's the typical football thing, isn't it? It's like they're going up, they're going down. <laughs> I think Burnley... Make your up. mind up. Yeah, they're just in that little bright in Southampton yeah. palace bubble where they're relegate. They're going to get relegated. No, actually, they're really good. They're not. No, no, they're going to get relegated. Mm. I just they're not good enough to finish above tenth. Yeah, but they're but not going to get relegated. Down. Yeah, so I just I don't know. Talking about Southampton, they lost one nil to Newcastle overnight. Uh, Saint Maximin scored for Newcastle, and I think we were talking about him before. Tommy, he's just a, like a perfect uh, example of Newcastle, just encapsulated into a person. Yeah. Like he's either brilliant. Yeah. Or he goes missing for three months and you don't hear about him. <laughs> and just such a wildly flamboyant dude, right? Like he perfectly fits in at that club. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Anyway, um, Sheffield United got three points um, at home to Norwich. Um, it takes Sheffield United up to sixth, just three points off the top four. Amazing. A huge r- result for them, obviously, given that Wolves and Spurs drop points. Um, Coach of the year? It's got to be. Well, Chris Wilder, I've been talking about this guy for so long and everyone's, everyone's getting on board knowing that, yeah, he's, he's the real deal. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Robbie Fowler won Premier League <laughs> Manager of the Year, though. <laughs> if they put it to Twitter, maybe, fans yeah. get in there, yeah. They'll vote Fowler over Klopp. <laughs> just because they can. Yeah. Oh, gosh. No, yeah, big up, like, Sheffield United, it's, I was talking to you about this last night. It is ridiculous. I couldn't name a player uh, before the start of the season. I, can, I know McBurney now and the... And he's not even. What dude. he doesn't even start. Yeah. Uh, Ravel Morrison. No, he doesn't play for them. Does he hasn't he? played once. I think he got released. In the it's a shame. Man. Yeah, no, he I only signed a six-month contract oh, and he's he? gone. Yeah. Shame, man. It's a, he could have been brilliant that game. I don't know what's the deal with but it. But like, but the point is, Sheffield United. It's just. It's spectacular. It. It is. They got promoted. They were the team no one knew nothing about, and they have come and gone. Watch this with a coach who's a boyhood fan. They've dicked some of the biggest 
powerhouse clubs. That game against United, that 3-3. Three, three, that was a great They're game, just though. great, man. We're like, well, how can you not like them? Well, they never I dropped s- off, right? Yeah. Like, I remember yeah. like, really early on I said, look, yeah, some of the some of the promoted teams like Norwich, yeah, they knocked off City and then wait until they get a bloody nose and the confidence will drop off a little bit. But the confidence has never dropped off for, for mm. Sheffield United because they've never got a bloody nose. They've always been consistent and competitive and it's meant that, yeah, here they are. Like, they've, they've pretty much made the the transition really easily to the top flight and just kept on their form from last season. Well, when I when we were doing we did a Premier League preview episode where we went through each team and oh. and I loftily <laughs> predicted Sheffield United to finish 12th. And yeah, I was like, look, everyone laughed at me and I was like, you know what? This is just I feel like we're going to surprise a few people is what I said. <laughs> I didn't expect we would surprise myself yeah. as much. Um but I, like I said to you last night, Ellie, going into the start of this season, I would have been happy to finish 16th and stay in the Premier League. Anything else was a bonus. Anything else. The fact that we are now legitimately in the conversation for Champions League spots just blows my mind. Like getting nosebleeds not because a, you've been like pumped a few times by a big yeah. team. You get nosebleeds <laughs> because you're so bloody hard. It's so hard is, the league. Yeah. We don't know what, what we're doing up there. Um, have you guys been in Europe before? Oh, not for a long time. Like when? Would it be back in the 70s? Wow. Even 60s. Sheffield United did have a period where, like, they were like one of the big teams in, in yeah England, in eighteen ninety nine yeah but exactly but it was pre <laughs> it the European era also. right well Sheffield United won the league in nineteen hundred that's the last time we won the league eighteen ninety nine was our Preston that was Preston undefeated huh oh that was eighteen eighty nine that was the Invincibles Preston ah so I get my eighteen eighty nine yeah yeah sorry of course I mean it was it was, it was a while ago I hate when that happens yeah, <laughs> what fair a enough noob. Um, <laughs> so there's a couple of games tonight we'll I'll get your predictions on Chelsea play Everton. What you, what's your score predictions for that? Uh, fuck it, Everton are gonna. It's gonna be three three. Three three. I'm looking forward to that game. Chelsea just to just. You I never know what to get with Chelsea. What do you what's Tell me, what, what's your prediction? I reckon. I reckon Everton are gonna get up here, but I reckon whatever the result is, it turns out to be. I think this is gonna be a really good game. What time is it? Uh, it's, it's early kickoff tonight, yeah. so midnight, I think, or one maybe. <laughs> Early kickoff, yeah. <laughs> Having lived in, in London for too just long. Just living in London, man. You hear that? You're like, wait, what? Um, the other games tonight are the Manchester Derby, which is yeah. uh, what are your predictions for that? Uh, yeah, it's sh- also the just, early just kickoff. The thing is, City have nothing. Like, let's say <laughs> yeah, the early, early. Where's kickoff. the game? Where's the game? Uh, at Old Trafford. Is it because they played at Old Trafford already this season? It must have been in the league. Huh? No, it was in Cup. It was in the they cup. played oh. in the League Cup, uh, which was home and away. Manchester Derby's really lost its like glamour. It kind of has yeah. a little bit. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say City is still gonna win three one. City, Tommy. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Man United get up, you know, because City are they're in a weird sort of funk at the moment. Like, do you know Raheem Sterling has never scored against Man United? That's ever, wow. ever considering ever. he went from Liverpool to City. You'd well, think that's like his that was his rival. boyhood club as well. Was it? He was a Man United. Should we do an investigation? Inside like, word yeah. from Ellie. Raheem Sterling. Sterling in supported Man United as a kid. Well, there you go. Did, but didn't he play QPR? He did. Yeah. Okay. But he definitely. Yeah. It we definitely, definitely supported Man United. No. Yeah. Um, the other fix. The uh, the last fixture in in the round is Leicester Villa. Um, I see this pretty straightforward for Leicester. What about you guys? Um, yeah, I, I'd agree. I I don't think. Um, Villa are going to be desperate to get something out of this, but I think Villa, uh, sorry, Leicester will be too good. Yep. I think Villa might pick up a point. Ooh. They played so well against City. And um, play for, yeah. very quickly, we'll just get your predictions on who's going through the Champions League this week. Uh, Leipzig, Spurs. Leipzig are up 1-0. Who's going through? Second leg in Germany. 
Yeah, Leipzig. Leipzig going through, Tommy? Yeah, I think this will be a comprehensive win, 3-0, I reckon, or something in that sort of region. Leipzig run away with it. The next one, um, Valencia, Atalanta. Atalanta are up 4-1, second leg in Valencia. Atalanta, Ale. Atalanta. <laughs> I mean, they might all have coronavirus because Atalanta, the city of Atalanta, is fucked. It is my butt. one of the mainly hit ones. Um, uh, they're probably not even living in the city at the moment. Um, mm. So I'm going to say, I mean, no, Atalanta are going to, I don't want to jinx it because that's like, Mm. I've really got a soft spot for that team. But I think they're going to... I see them going 4 one. I, that, that one goal makes you concerned, but then Valencia have to win 3-0. Yeah, well, they've got four. The Atalanta have all yeah. four defence. Yeah. I just think Atalanta will score and I'll be okay. Yep. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I could see Atalanta going through. I think they'd be happy with nil or even just losing yep. like 1-0 one or 2-0 one or, or something. Just, just get the job done and go yep. home. Um, the two big games on Thursday... Uh, PSG Dortmund first leg the Dortmund are up 2-1 on aggregate and this game's in Paris who's going through what is Neymar playing or, or is it it's his Carnival. sister's birthday or <laughs> <It's> Carnival <laughs> <laughs> of course he's not well you can't expect him to play uh, you know I don't know I think um, Dortmund I'm just gonna go. I just think it's funny that they keep missing something about how much money they spend yeah this is definitely Neymar's last year yep. so fuck it just Dortmund, keep keep it going. It's hilarious. Dortmund, Tommy. Dortmund as well. Dortmund, yeah. and the big one, Liverpool, Atleti, Atleti up one nil. Second leg at Anfield. This is a tasty fixture. I think everyone's looking forward to this. What's what's your prediction? Who's going through? I think Atleti because I think they're going to score again. Yep. Yeah, it's huge. If Atleti score again, you, you fancy them uh, to that go through. Goal. Don't you? Yeah. It's yeah. a bit. Yeah, but I mean, it's a bit of a cop out, isn't it? We picked all the teams that are already winning from the first leg, but I just but feel like. I just who, who do you think's got the best chance to overturn um, their... Liverpool, I feel, have the best chance I to overturn. I actually feel Valencia. Really? Because Atalanta have never played in this competition. They're so exposed. At but the back, would, they, Valencia could have destroyed them. I, I mentioned before that like uh, Atalanta might be happy with like a nil or draw or something mm. like that. But I'm playing very much a stereotype. Atalanta mm. have got... I think I can't remember the manager's name. Is it Gasparini. Uh, Gasparini, yep. Um he he's not a guy to go out and play for no, an old. He doesn't He'll know want how. to win four 0 again. Yeah, he does right? not know how. Yeah, exactly. Which means that like I think they could actually leave themselves a bit open, and it could they they could actually have that result turned yeah. out. So it's probably not a bad call. That I, I just I, a, a bad not a bad shout. Yeah, yeah, there was just like this really weird energy when they conceded, and you kind of felt them go like, oh fuck, three 0 still a huge scoreline. Mm. Valencia aren't great. I just I, that match, the first ten minutes, Valencia should have been four 0 ahead. Mm. It was a joke. Mm. But Atalanta, every time they get the ball, they're one of those teams that takes their chances. You know the other teams where they shoot heaps and they don't? Atalanta actually didn't have that many chances, but every chance they did, they just hit the, they hit it in that part where the keeper couldn't get to it. Mm. And that's what's great about Atalanta. I, they're just so excited, man. we got this guy, Luis Muriel. Bit of a chubby lad, Colombian. Scores goals, though. He, he's, but he only scores insane goals that he's don't make sense. He's a football manager, super wonder kid. Honestly. <laughs> He's so excited. Him, they've got like a bunch of like lads from the Balkans. I can't remember all their names. One's Swedish yeah, Balkan. It's like Illich or Illich, Illich or Yeah, but then yeah, there's yeah. Jukulevic or something. And it's like, and then there's, oh, just everyone's bloody bird. And then obviously there's Zap, Zapata. Yeah, he's 28. He's, he's quite right. old. But he is unbelievable this season. He is mm. the, one of the stars of the league. Gasparini 100% needs to win the, the coach of the year. For yep. CR. It is Not in Zaghi. No. Oh yeah! Uh, no, no, no! I'm saying a lot because right now Lazio are no, top man. of the league. Atalanta mm. have gotten out of their group. They're probably going to the quarters. 
and they are still in the top four and they are scoring. Three games have scored seven goals. Yeah. They've scored five. No, no, no. Inzaghi's impressive, but they've got money. There's no money in Atalanta. Yeah. They've got a budget less than Reddins in the wow, championship. yeah, that's ridiculous. I did hear that midweek. Yeah, so I just think Atalanta. Great club on and off the pitch. Yeah. Right, well... That's you can probably see the Derby days, the latest Derby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Click the link below. Click the link man. below. <laughs> or attach a link or something. Um, cool. I guess that that's going to do it for us today. Thanks again, Ellie, for joining us. It's Pleasure. been a, a great, great chatting to you. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can leave us a voicemail or email us at mtagpodcast at gmail.com. That Reach voicemail out to has us. just become a meme now, it hasn't is. it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, no one sends us voicemails, but we still put it in there every week. But you can get us on social media at MTAG Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or More Than A Game Podcast on Facebook. Next week, we'll be reviewing the A-League Round 23, match day 30 of the Premier League, and we'll in-depth review of those Champions League ties we were just talking about. In the meantime, enjoy the football. Mm-hmm.